2021, this shall truly be an year of increase. Come on, say amen. amen. All right. <clears throat> We've been talking about it and I'm just trying to establish once again because you see you might have heard me before but I need to reiterate it because I want to make sure that the word is established in your heart not just in your head. Why? Because faith is not of what? Is of the heart. Everybody say faith is of the heart. Not of the mind. So the reason I keep repeating some of the scriptures and I take you over and over again is not to bore you and not for you to say, Pastor, you already said that. Okay, I said it, but has it manifested? If it hasn't manifested, then it has not graduated from your head into your heart. And so it's important for me as your, as your pastor that I establish that truth in your heart. So we said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 6 and 7 that the Bible says Paul is saying I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Somebody say God gave the increase. Gave the increase. Say it again. <clears throat> now what, mark these words. I planted, Apollos watered. There is a role for man. Are you with me? It's, I'm trying to say something here. I'm trying to let you know increase is not going to show up if you don't do nothing about it. You need to get busy in something that God has called you. You need to be working. Now get this please. <clears throat> what is the difference between a job and a work? Work is for, is for what you were born. That means there is a specific calling on everyone's life. To do something for God, that's work. Job is where you go get some, to do something to make some money. It's your livelihood. Don't mistake and misunderstand job with work. Many people when they get a job, they forget about the work for God. That's why so many in the church hardly ever employ any of their energies or any of their resources or their time to serve God because they think their entire life is supposed to be spent in a job and so the more increments you get the more opportunities you get the more busier you get in your job so that you don't have work time to do your work are you understanding what I'm saying everybody has something to do in the kingdom there has to be something you are called to do. See, Paul's work was to preach. What was his job? Anybody? That's right. He, he, he manufactured, mended, and worked on tents for livelihood. But his focus was where? In the work. Every one of you, please understand, whether you're a student, you are a employed somewhere, you are a boss in a company or you're a CEO of an organization or you're a great leader somewhere in the political world or you're a government officer. Every one of us is supposed to be involved in the work for which you were made. So anyway, let me get back to the subject. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. Now, we have to work, 
But simply because you work hard does not guarantee success. Come on now, amen? We, we, many people talk about hard work. Yes, you have to work hard. But more than working hard, you have to work smart. Come on now, amen? You learn to work smart, you work hard. But that does not guarantee increase or success. He says, but God. Somebody say, but God. God that giveth the increase. So who gives the increase? Who gives the increase? God's favor causes increase to show up in your life. That's what we see in Genesis 26, reading from verse, verses 12 to 13. In verse 12 it says, Isaac sowed seed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. Who favored him? I am praying that my heart, my mind, my actions are in alignment with God that causes his favor to show up. Prayer is not just to make God do something. Prayer is where you submit and surrender to God that God may be able to do something in you, hallelujah, to align your thinking, align your heart, and help you to position yourself to see the hand of God prosper and increase you. Come on, amen? Hallelujah. So, anyway, it's God that gives the favors and blessings. And Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it... What maketh you rich? The blessing of God. So what are we going, what are we supposed to go after? Not after riches. We got to go after God, which means I need to place myself in a place and live a life that attracts the blessings of God. Say Amen. God's blessings have to be attracted by the way I live my life. I can't be living in known sin. I can't be living a lackadaisical lifestyle. I can't be living in, you know, in, um, uh, in neglect, neglecting the things of God, and, uh, and living a very casual Christian life, and expecting the blessing of God to manifest in my life, because I just show up in church once a week on Sundays. You have no desire, no hunger for God. You do nothing more than just show up on Sunday and you expect God to bless you. I, I remember in my young days, we went to a particular church and um, it's a denominational church. And I know a lot of young fellows who would be outside in the compound when the service was on. They would not be inside. But when the time for benediction came, they would rush into the church and put their head in so that when the benediction is spoken, they will be there so that they will receive the blessing. How foolish is that? Are you with me? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You know, and I, I thought it was very spiritual in those days that when the, when the time for communion came, many of them rejected the communion because they said, I'm not holy, so you know, I, I should not be taking part. So as they posed as if they were really genuine people by not taking the communion. How sad is that? How terrible is that? That's the kind of, you know, uh, upbringing I had. But praise God, we know the truth now. Yeah that God instituted it that if there is some breakage in the communion I can come back to God and say Lord I'm sorry and partake of the communion it is for us that he did it so we can partake of it. and he said do it as often as you in remembrance of me say amen anyway let's go back so it's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich Psalm 115 verse 14 says the Lord shall 
increase you how much more and more hallelujah so listen you were at a certain level on the 1st of January 2021 by the time we hit December 31 of 2021 you should have increased with a testimony come on in not just financially I'm you know and I'm talking about increase I'm talking about increase in passion for God increase with a compassion for people increase with a passion for the things of God when I have the right heart before God and I'm crying out God increase my love for you increase my ability to serve you increase my capacity to be a blessing remember we are here to be a blessing we are here for what to bless others and we cannot bless in our own strength but when we are blessed of God we can become a blessing hallelujah amen so every one of us must have not one testimony but several testimonies in several different areas of increase hallelujah increase in our love for God increase in what you have done for the Lord increase in your family life increase in your, in your finances increase in your influence increase in all areas increase of joy amen increase of peace increase of favor increase of influence hallelujah increase in all areas of life somebody in agreement say amen, amen. hallelujah so I said when a prophetic word is given it's an invitation by God to experience the promised word so this is a promised word and God is inviting us to come into into this so that we can begin to experience it now later I began to show you from scripture that God is a God of increase he said in Genesis chapter 20 uh, sorry chapter 1 verse 28 he said God blessed them and I said the word blessed say this with me empowered to prosper empowered to succeed and empowered to increase write it down please blessed means what empowered to prosper say it empowered to succeed and empowered to increase all right through the blessing God entitled man to increase in every area of his life you are entitled to increase in every area God had increased in his mind from the very beginning say amen hallelujah and when he called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 he said I will bless thee and so God made a solemn pledge to um, to Abraham and his seed say amen he said I will make thee exceeding fruitful and I told you the word fruitful means not it does not only apply to offspring but also becoming plenteous hallelujah and abounding in everything in life hallelujah to Jesus so for you and I to experience this promised blessing increase has to uh, for this blessing increase something has to change and that's what I'm focusing on number one I'm trying to establish the fact and the truth that God wants you to prosper number two God is the one that increases number three the part that you have to play which is there's some change that has to take place in our lives for before this increase can manifest in our lives say amen nothing I said this nothing will change unless I change first there has to be some change God will change your circumstances but he will change you first okay
If you are serious about increase, um, you have to change. You cannot do life as before and expect increase to show up. Something has to give way. Some changes have to come about in your life. Remember last time or the week before, somewhere along the line I said, the, the secret to your success lies in your what? Now you have to begin to seduce, make some changes in your daily routine. You know some people, what is a daily routine? Let me give you a simple example. Some people wake up, the first thing they need is a cup of coffee. Am I a stranger here or just, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying drinking coffee is wrong. I'm saying that's a routine. You do it every day without fail. And then another one is for men, they need the cup of coffee with a newspaper. Now it's changing, probably they use their iPad or whatever to look, look at news. So that's number one. That's a daily routine. Nobody reminds you the way you wake up and that's the first thing you do. Now if you want increase to show up, you have to set some, make some changes in how you will use your time and what you will do with your life. But change is what brings about that, let me rephrase it. What you change inside about you will cause a change on the outside for you. Okay, so you need to make some changes about how you live. See, change, <coughs> if you go into the word, and I'll bring you there, but I've already mentioned that before. Jesus says, if you want to enter into the kingdom, what do you got to do? Anybody? If you want to enter into the kingdom, repent, that's right. Repent, in other words, is nothing but, in simple terms, is change. Okay. Some change has to come about. That's repent. Now, let me take you to some scripture portions. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, and we have to read some portion of scripture. Verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a, na a man named Zacchaeus, which was, the, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. He was the chief tax collector, highly positioned officer. Remember? Probably like the uh, commissioner of income tax or something like that, you know, top position. And he was very rich. It hasn't changed, has it? Even now those people are very rich. Don't ask how. <clears throat> but that's the story. It's been always like that. Even from the days of old. Okay, Isn't, It hasn't changed. <clears throat> and there was a man named Zacchaeus. Which was chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus. Who he was. And could not for the press. Because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus. Now, if you're an officer in the government, I'm talking to you. Because sometimes, government officers, their pride keeps them from coming to God. I'm being honest. It's their pride that keeps them from coming to church. They want the pastor to go to their house, but they won't come to church. They will never humble themselves. I'm not talking about everybody, but a large number of them are like that. They even 
fear to announce to the world that they're Christian. They hide behind a curtain and use Indianized Hindu names to cover their identity so that they're not identified as Christians. They're ashamed of the name of Jesus. But here is this man. I want you to note this. He's chief among the publicans. That means he's hated by everybody. Tax people are hated by everybody. It's been from the past even until the present. Am I telling you the truth? That's a practice, right? Okay. Well, anyway, this man, he humbles himself to climb up to the top of a tree because he wants to catch a glimpse of this Jesus. It's not, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, it's not just curiosity. There's more than curiosity here. Just becoming curious to see somebody, nobody of such stature in the society would climb up a tree to have a look at him. There must be something that was bothering him. Because he heard about Jesus. Some of the, some of the teachings he must have said, taught somewhere, either he heard it through somebody else, but something was bothering him, something inside, there was a vacuum in him, and he had, I probably, I probably I feel like he had a, he had a kind of a desire to see if there is something about this man. I don't really know, but I want to know about this man. So it made him to climb up a tree. Are you with me everybody? Okay. And Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today, uh, for today I must abide at thy house. Glory to God. He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest of a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood, he comes down the tree, watch this, I want you to get this picture. He stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, any man by false accusation, any man by false accusation, tax department hasn't changed. I restore him fourfold. Am I telling you the truth? It's the same today. So many people are framed by them and hurt. Anyway, Zacchaeus stood. I know I'm on live stream. <laughs> stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and, I have, and if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day salvation come to this house, for so much as he is also the son of Abraham. For, okay, that, hold it there. Now. I want you to get this. Zacchaeus, Jesus comes and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I got to go to your house. The next thing we know is Zacchaeus stands up and says, Lord, I'm going to give back. Let me read the, script, the right words here. Half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I will restore him fourfold. What is that called? Repentance. Repentance. Something happened to bring about a change in the heart and in the mind of this man. You know, 
it's easy to come down the tree and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And walk away. And believe that you're forgiven. But that is not repentance. Repentance is, sorry, that is remorse. You feel, you feel bad about what you've done, but there is no indication there is going to be a change. Repentance is turning away from something that is bad, evil, sinful, against God, and turning towards that which is of God, that which is right, that which is righteous, and that which is prescribed by the Lord. Are you with me everybody? So, see, what did, what did John say? John said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees that came to him to be water baptized, they said, show me proof of your repentance. There must be proof of change. Now, the change comes first on the inside. Somebody say amen. amen. Where does it come? It was an inside act. So in his heart, he felt conviction and says, Lord, I'm going to give away half of my goods to the poor. Imagine a wealthy man coming. It's, talk, it's talking about a rich man, right? Let's say a rich man is a multimillionaire. He says, some of my millions from today, I'm giving it away to the poor. But that's not an easy statement. That's not an easy act. Are you with me? There has to be a deep conviction to bring about that true conversion. There is no true conversion without true conviction. Say amen. So now we turn and says, not only that, but if I falsely accused anybody and taken money from them, I will return four times that to that person. Can you imagine with that one encounter, he was not in the natural sense increasing, he was decreasing. His value, his asset value is going to come down, depreciate. Because half is going to go away, and in the remaining half, he's going to give four times of anybody to anybody that is falsely accused. Wow. When this change came about, is when Jesus said, today salvation has come. My friend, everybody desires the blessing of God. But the blessing of God does not come if there is no change in your heart and in your mind. And there is evidence of that change. There has to be proof that you have changed. So it's not just sitting back and every day making 10 times confession, this is my year of increase, my year of increase, my year of increase, my year of increase, and it's going to show up. No. You've got to do something. So how have you been spending your time? Well, I'm talking to born-again Christians. Maybe you're not like Zacchaeus. You're born again. You're giving your life to the Lord. Okay. And you're living at a certain level today. Every one of us desires to go to the next level above, not next level down. Am I right? Anybody who wants to go down? Everybody wants to go to the next level upwards, right? So how do I go to the next level? I have to increase my capacity. I have to do something in my life that will show change in me first that will bring about change on the outside. So, 
May I challenge every one of you? Now, some of the young people are getting it. I heard that Pastor Sam's daughter, the moment I talked about the routine, she already put down a routine and she's doing it. Am I right? Yes. So you need to have a routine every day. And see, this is a new routine. Am I right? Yeah, this is a new routine she's put down on paper and she's probably stuck it on the wall and you can do that. And you start developing new actions new routine that will help you to change on the inside that will position you to attract the blessings of God. Unless you change first on the inside, there will be no change on the outside. Now I ran out of time, but I have something more I wanted to show you from the same book, the book of Luke, another scripture portion about how when the person changed on the inside, everything on the outside changed. So, if, you've been, if you have a certain routine every day, number one, the entire focus is on positioning myself in the right place for God's favor to show up that his increase will manifest in my life. Now, this is not something you do just once. It becomes your lifestyle. That's why we're talking about a routine. Are you with me? So, what will you do? Don't go out of this place today and say, that was a good word, I think it is all right. No, I have not preached to know how well and how good a preacher I am. I don't care whether you like what I say or don't like. You didn't call me, so I don't need your ratings. Right? What I want is to see change in your life. I'm preaching with a purpose. So I want you to sit down today. Today is Sunday. Sit down. It's a Sabbath for us. In the presence of God and say, Lord, these are the specific changes I'm going to make. I'm going to spend. If you were spending an hour every day, you say, all right, Lord. Maybe I should spend a couple of hours. So I'm going to do one hour in the morning, one hour at night. That should become your routine. And do a Bible study. Or, and make it a habit to read books. I advise everybody to do two things in books. One, you need to read a spiritual book. One, you need to be reading simultaneously. Read two books at a time. One, you know, uh, if you're not used to it, start with at least one. <clears throat> One spiritual book and one book for either in relation to your profession or in relation to self-development. You must read. Readers become leaders. Readers become influencers. So there is no option if you want to see increase happen. It is not going to happen because of your religious fervency. It's going to happen because of your heart condition. That you submit to God, surrender to God, and you give high priority to position yourself. So the first thing that you got to do is, okay, you do all this, but the first thing is go before the Lord and like Zacchaeus, submit and surrender. If there are things that God has to deal with us, for example, you're watching something on your computer screen when everybody is asleep and you think you're the only one that's watching 
and God is not happy with that, that's never going to show up. How many know what I'm talking about? Hello? If you've been addicted to some computer games where it's stealing all your precious time and you think, see, this is the trap of the enemy. I can make money. I don't have to study anymore. You know, I get this into this game and I have challenges on the game. Internationally, I'm playing and I make a little money here and a little money there. And I think now I can stop studying. I can get more and more into these games. I can make a lot of money. You are being deceived. Your life is not to be spent to just make money. You have become a slave to money. You are here to impact lives. You are here to be a blessing to others. You are here to be blessed to be a blessing. Money is supposed to be a tool and your servant. Not your boss. So become, see, be somebody that's not working for money but attracting money. You know, one of my confessions is this every day. I say, Lord, give me wisdom to make my money work for me. Give me wisdom. What do I do with the money you are blessing me with? What should I do? How do I employ it? I don't want to be working for money. Money should be working for me. I've written it down. I pray that almost every day. And I believe God is putting me in that direction, in that line, where I don't have to work for money. I work for God. Hallelujah. I work for who? You work for God. It doesn't mean you have to be in full-time ministry. Everyone has a work. Hallelujah, all right? So I'm challenging you this morning to put down a routine. Change. Everybody shout change. change. I'm not talking about the change of money. I'm talking about the change of heart. All right? Change that will bring about change on the outside. And that will cause increase to show up in your life. Somebody shout amen. amen. Were you blessed this morning? Yes. Were you challenged? Yes. How many will sit down and write down a routine? Good. Praise God. I hope you will do it. I'm going to challenge you again. This whole month we'll talk about this. But you need to put down at least five things. I heard that successful, successful people have at least five things that they do every day as a routine. Five things. Put down five things that you will do. Not what you're already doing. But five things that will build your capacity, five things that will strengthen you, five things that will draw you closer to, I mean not five things for each, in the five things you need to have some of these things that will help you to draw closer to God, to expand and increase on the inside. So that change will show up and that will cause mighty change to manifest on the outside.